and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, Pastor Elliot looks at Jonah chapter 3. Please notice that the repentance truths which are true for America equally apply to our own Bahamaland. And now, Pastor Robert Elliot. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne and laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on the ashes. And he issued a proclamation. And it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and let men call on God earnestly, that each may turn from his wicked way and from his violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we shall not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. I failed to read verse 10 of chapter 2, didn't I? Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. This is another evidence, of course, of God's sovereignty, that he can control a fish, that he would cause a fish to swim just to the beach or the land where Jonah needed to be, and that God would cause the fish to, pardon my language, barf Jonah up onto that beach alive. God commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Jonah in Hebrew means dove. (laughs) Could it be that there's a parallel between the great fish in Noah's ark that released a dove to see if the floods had receded? There is a case in history of a mariner who was swallowed by a fish alive. He came out of the fish pretty gruesome looking. All the gastric digestive juices of the fish had bleached the pigment out of his skin permanently in splotches. And I'm sure he didn't smell very good. And so that's what I imagine Jonah looked like. He gets vomited onto the beach, glad to be alive, and God, will you notice, gives him a second chance. And now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. We can be grateful for that. That when we blow it, when we do not heed God's word for us, he gives us more than one chance. 
He doesn't write us off. Doesn't take away our salvation. But he repeats his will that was first given when we heard it and didn't do it. God doesn't speak in audible voices now, but the Bible's finished. He speaks through his word. So is there a verse that you have read that told you to do something and you refuse to do it? The good news is you can go back to that verse and it hasn't changed. God is the God of multiple chances. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. What made Nineveh great? Well, a couple things. It was a heavily fortified city. Around its circumference, it was 60 miles. It was the capital of Assyria. I don't know, is it 60 miles around Atlanta? Probably. Is it 60 miles around Chicago? Probably. It's not 60 miles around a lot of American cities that are smaller. Nineveh was no small city. It had a very substantial wall to defend itself behind around the whole city. The wall had a flat top around the whole wall, 60 miles worth of wall was flat topped. History tells us it was a wide enough wall that four chariots could run around on the top of Nineveh's wall side by side. That's pretty wide. So it was a great city because it had impressive size. Its population was significant. It was one of the most fortified cities of that time in history. But do you know what made it a great city to God? It wasn't what humans said made it great. That there were a vast number of souls that God cared about. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. The only thing that makes any preacher worth anything is that we tell you what God has said first in his word. No hobby horses, no personal rants. A preacher is only worthy in the grace of God to preach if he preaches the Bible accurately, faithfully. So God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh, proclaim the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly a great city three days walk, what that means is you get on Nineveh's wall, you would take three good days of walking to walk around the wall of Nineveh. That's walking, what, roughly 20 miles a day? This is what Jonah was to do. He was to walk around the top of the wall of Nineveh with a special sermon. Verse four. Then Jonah began to go through the city a day's walk. So he walks 20 miles around on the top of the wall, one day's worth. And all he said as he walked 20 miles was to proclaim God's message that was yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said. Over and over and over again. Eight word sermon. It was a sermon that warned the Ninevites that judgment was coming. 
that no matter how thick their wall was, no matter how vicious and intimidating their army was, that they were going to be overthrown by a holy God that was going to judge their sin in 40 days if they didn't change. God is not impressed with Capitol Hill. God is not impressed with the Pentagon. God is not impressed with Homeland Security. God is bigger than all that. And if he chooses to overthrow America, he will do it like that. We would pray that he won't. That we would start revival in our own hearts, repenting of sin as the church, and that the nation would come to repentance before God, like Nineveh did. So Jonah's walking around the wall for one day, and he's saying, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. We're going to find out later by getting a window into Jonah's heart, he probably wished they'd be overthrown in less than 40 days, like in four hours, like in four minutes. He hated them. He didn't want them to have God's mercy. He hated them. Do you pray for abortionists? Do you pray for child molesters and pornographers to know Christ? And Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk and he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. They didn't just believe that God exists. They believed in God. They believed that what his prophet was saying was true. They believed that he was strong God. They knew about him because they knew about the Israelites. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God and they called a fast. They stopped eating and drinking as a sign of their repentance. And they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. Sackcloth is burlap. Imagine they put on capes of burlap in the Palestinian heat. Itchy? Scratchy? You want to believe it. It was an outward sign of inward sorrow for sin. They stopped eating and drinking. They put on burlap. But it wasn't just a certain class of people in Nineveh that did that. It says they did it from the greatest to the least. You do know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Whether you are the filthy, richest tycoon in the world or the most poor, financially poor person, homeless, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all must come to Jesus and what he did on the cross. There is no favoritism with God in salvation. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Good morning. My name is Pastor Nicholas Rogers. I'm the youth pastor at Calvary Bible Church. And this morning, we want to deal with a topic that I think probably 20 years ago, we thought we'd never have to really deal with in our culture, but it's becoming real today in our culture, which is homosexuality. Um, You know, we can all use the argument through time that it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. We can all say that. And it's so easy to say, well, how can you be doing that? But let's be real. It's just homosexuality is like any other sin. Sin is sin. Um, now, there will be one difference between a homosexual act than a normal sin where we think of the body. And 1 Corinthians 6 talks about how sin against the body does so much more damage. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6:15, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? 
Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Uh, do you not know that he who joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who has joined to the Lord becomes a spirit with him. Flee se from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price so to glorify God with your body. You see, we need to recognize that, as the scripture says, that anything that's done against the body in an unnatural way is a sin, and it's going to cause damage to the body. Um, you know, God did not create man for man, woman for woman. In fact, if we look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, um, as it said in, in 1 Corinthians, it talked about unnatural acts. God basically said in, in Romans 1, 24, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worship, and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those who are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. You see, we need to understand as, you know, in our culture, we, we sometimes joke around with, you know, stop liking man and, and, and saying all these different things. But we have to recognize that people truly struggle with this sin. Um, and let me just say this right off the top. There is no man, and I know that we all think that we are heroes and we think that we're strong, tough men, and we can say, you know what? I never will give into that sin. Well, I just want to say here that there's no sin that's too big or too small for us not to give into. And as much as we may think that, you know what? I'm not going to give into the sin. Uh, we need to not lie to ourselves because that's what Satan wants. Satan wants us to think, well, you know what? I have the power over the sin. You know what? We have no power over any sin. And I think that homosexuality, um, for me, let me just say this. Um, when I came into youth ministry, this was probably my greatest fear with any counseling I ever did because I always thought to myself, what if a teenager comes to me and tells me he struggled with homosexual acts? And I thought to myself, what would I tell them? Because in our, in our Bahamian culture, um, you know, this is not something that we accept or we, we just, um, you know, know how to handle. Um, and, you know, just again, I had to go to God's word and understand that God's word is very plain to say that homosexuality is a sin. No one is born this way. No one is born um, being a homosexual. Um, as much as the world may try to tell us and when the world comes in with these different things, we have to be very careful. And to be honest with you this morning, if you're listening, this is something that the world is trying to throw on us all over the place. And I think that in our schools, it's becoming acceptable because even in our um, Christian ed, um, they're trying to push it. And the question is, as we think of counseling teenagers, we need to understand and they need to recognize that their body is the holy temple of the Lord. Um, there's nothing more um, that really we can say because if we want to think of anything that is, you know, God said he bought this with a price. You know, when we go to a food store and we pay for something, we pay that price. Or if we buy something, we, we, we cherish it. Well, God bought our body with a price. Why do we want to let God down? Why do we think of our earthly possessions more than what God has bought with us? Um, you know, we can think of this as, you know, very through a lot of different things in our lives. Um, how do we treat our body? 
what do we do? Um, you know, again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Um, you may be listening this morning and you have um, struggled with this for a very long time. Um, you may have even um, given in to homosexual acts. Um, and I'm here to tell you this morning that you, we have a God who's bigger than any person or anything in this life. Um, and if you are here struggling with this this morning, um, you know, I want you to know that God can forgive you. There's nothing that's too big for God not to forgive you. Nothing too small for God not to forgive you. And I think sometimes in our culture, we look at homosexuality and we think, you know what? That's, God doesn't want anything to do with me. That's not true. That's a lie from Satan to tell you that. God wants you if you're listening this morning. God wants a relationship with you. Um, the question is, are, are you willing to turn away from that sin? Um, you know, you can't come to God and think to yourself, I'm going to continue to do what I was doing. No, as I, as I just read, we are a new creation. The old has passed and new has come. So again, this morning, if you are struggling with homosexuality, please recognize that you are doing damage to your body. You are doing something that um, is not natural. And for um, everyone who's listening, let us not look down on these people and let us not just um, talk bad about them. Call them games. Am I saying this morning that we should accept homosexuality? No, not at all. We should hate the sin, but love the person. And that's what we're talking about this morning. That if a homosexual comes to you, we're not just going to shun them off and say, I don't want nothing to do with you. No, we are to say to ourselves, you know what? I want you to know I love you. But what you are doing is wrong. And I think that that is our problem in our culture today because I think that we just want to push them away and say, you know what? There's no hope for you. But I'm here. I want to stress again. There is hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I would just challenge you this morning. And I just want to feel led to just pray right now and just pray for you. If you're listening this morning to this broadcast to just say, you know what, God, I want to give this sin over to you. Um, and you can, you feel free to call our church at any time. If you want to talk to myself or any other pastors, we're here for you. But let us just pray right now and just close this time and just commit this to God. Father, again, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for this morning that you have given us. Father, I pray for anyone who is listening this morning, Father, who may feel that, you know what? I'm just not good enough for God. Um, God doesn't want anything to do with me because I've done these shameless acts. Father, I pray that you would help them to recognize that you are a forgiven God and you are a God who is bigger than any problem that we may face. You're a God who wants a relationship with us. And Father, you do all the work. You do all the changing. Father, I pray for my um, fellow um, brothers and sisters around the, this Commonwealth of the Bahamas that we would be a, a people that are loving to these people, that we won't join the crowd when they shun these people. Again, that people would recognize that, yes, we're not supposed to accept their sin, but we are there to love them, to show them Christ's love. I love that if we are all honest with ourselves, we don't deserve. And Father, I just pray that you continue to be with us this morning. Pray that you continue to allow your spirit to work in and through us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, today's personal God story. This morning, pleased to have Errol Farkasson. Uh, friend and a dear brother in the Lord, one of the serving pastors at Calvary Bible Church in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Rob. Thank you for having me. Thank you and good morning, Bahamas. Yes, I have 
invited you this morning to give a bit of your God story. And uh, I know that it will be of great interest uh, to all who are listening. Well, thank you very much, uh, Pastor Rob. Yeah, and I'm, I think this is an opportunity that we should always take advantage of as believers to be able to share how we can't come to faith and, and to let others know, you know, what our journey was like uh, coming to, the, to know the Lord as our Savior because, you know, people may think it sometimes it may be a, a big or a vibrant thing, but sometimes it's sometimes it's quiet and, 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 and sincere. So, yes. yeah, it's, it's great to be able to share that, and I appreciate this opportunity to do so. Um, so going back a little bit to my early days, I grew up in a... In a relatively large family, I would say. I had eight, eight siblings, eight children mm-hmm. uh, that we grew up in my, my parents' home. And we grew up in a Baptist uh, church environment. Um, this is uh, the New Bethlehem Baptist Church, which is still uh, on the Independence Highway today. And um, my parents are still actually worshiping there. They, uh, my dad is a, a reverend there, and my mother is a minister there as well. Uh-huh. So we grew up uh, in, in, in a home where... My mother was a strong Christian from the time that I know myself. She always was, always prayed for us, always led our Bible studies as a family, and always encouraged us to read the Bible, go to church, and and to really, you know, have a true relationship with God. And so I had grown up in that environment for some time, and my first real recollection of saying that, you know, I, I... place my faith in Christ came at a time when I was in high school. I attended the St. Anne's High School, uh, which is still here. And what it was, uh, Denise Williams, who is a gospel recording artist, and she was visiting the Bahamas at the time and going to different schools and holding concerts. And she had come to our school this one particular time and she was doing a concert. We were in the hall and and she did a great performance and, and shared the gospel. And at the end of it, she invited you know any of the kids who felt that they would like to make a profession of faith to come forward, and 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 I did at that particular time, and mm-hmm. and to me that was when I can really truly say that I, I really put my faith in in God to you know to take care of me. So from the time uh, that was my last year in high school, and and from then until now, God has been faithful. Um, you know the journey has always been it's not always been rosy. You yes, know? yes. Uh, our, our Christian journey is that where. You know, sometimes we have challenges, we have difficulties, but we know that God is always with us and he sends these things to us to help us to grow. So I appreciate everything. My life has been uh, such a, a, a learning experience that I have come along the way. And since I've started coming to Calvary Bible Church, first with Pastor Lee and now with yourself, I've continued to grow in the Word and, and understanding and knowledge of God's Word under your ministry as well. And I do appreciate that and uh, where Thank God you. has brought us and, and has brought me to the point where I'm now able to serve in, in the office of a pastor. And, and um, if I had someone had told me that this is where I would be, but maybe 20 years ago, I, you know, I would say, no, no way, man, that's not something that I would do. I mean, I, I, you know, I was always afraid of public speaking, I was always afraid of uh, interacting with others. But it, after I placed my faith in God and I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, um, lead me and give me the strength and the courage to do it. And through his grace, here I am today, um, only through the blessings of God. And I appreciate that. Well, you and your wife, Tracy, and your boys are such a delight uh, to all of us. And uh, thank you for sharing 
what the Lord means to you, how you came to trust Christ alone for your salvation. And, and for the listener out there this morning who may wonder if God can do anything with him or with her, yes. that, you know, your yes. own story is that God yes. brought you out of being a shy person and a, a fearful to speak person. And I can assure you that God has made you articulate yes. and you have those interpersonal people skills that only God can really give. Exactly. So uh, exactly. it's an encouragement to me to work with you and serve Christ with you. And let me just pray uh, for the listener out there who may be wondering if God could possibly use them. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that with your calling always comes your enabling. We thank you that you're calling listeners to stop trusting themselves or religion to come into a Christ alone, faith for the forgiveness of sins and heaven one day. And Lord, when a listener makes that transference of trust over to Christ only, we know that you endow them with spiritual gifts and you give them the permanent gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning for the person listening who may know Christ as Savior and they just don't know if they can overcome certain things that they are not proud of or that they are um, fixated on that would hinder them uh, serving the Lord. I pray that they would this morning say, Lord, use me. If you can use me, please use me. Help me to be other than I might be without you. Help me to be able to do the things you've called me to do. And may that listener pray further, Lord, I'm available to you. I want to do what you want me to do. And I know that's where I'll be fulfilled. That's where you will get glory. So I make myself available for your service. I thank you for Brother Errol, Pastor Errol, and how he has been able to testify that you have been more than enough for the ways that you have wanted to use him, the ways you are using him, and the ways you plan to use him. Please bless he and his family in his ministry in the business community as well as in Calvary Bible Church. And we pray this with thanksgiving always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.